0: From Trauma to Triumph, is it possible? In this next interview, we learn about the story of Kia Baker and how she successfully went through this journey. Are you someone who suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder? Remember that this originates out of a survival response to fight or flight. And because of this, your sleep may be affected because your nervous system is in a constant state of stress. You may find that your sleep is erratic and punctuated by nightmares. But don't you worry, your nervous system is just doing what it is designed to do, and that is to stay alert and protect you so that you can stay safe. In this next interview, stay until the very end so that you can learn all the top strategies in dealing with stress disorders and be inspired by the stories of women who have gone through this journey successfully? Kia Baker is the creator and host of Hot Topics Live, a live stream interview series, the female veterans podcast and Woman Warrior Stories for the Veterans Channel. The goal of the podcast is to give female veterans a platform to share their real stories, good or bad, while changing the prevailing perception that veterans are only men. After serving in the U.S. Navy, she spent 20 years helping other veterans make the transition from active duty to civilian life. Her passion for empowering women and veterans inspired her to broaden her reach by connecting with organizations that advocate for female veterans. Her mission is to shine a light on female veteran stories, help female veterans thrive in life and advocate for alternative therapies for sick and suffering veterans. Kia holds an MBA in finance and accounting, and is also an alumni of the Milton Hershey School. She also works closely with Passageways Limited, a foundation that helps homeless veterans transition back to thriving in life. ARIS, an organization that empowers women to exceed their own expectations, and the Barbara Giordano Foundation volunteering to give transformational workshops to female veterans. In addition, she is a member of the board for Hope for Veterans, a nonprofit that helps female veterans residing in Florida through peer support. Kia is a graduate from the London Real Academy and now coaches Rapid Transformation Accelerators for the Academy. Wow, Kia, you have a lot on your plate. Welcome on the show. Nice to have you.
1: It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's wonderful to learn about how much good you're doing with your podcast, Kia. Definitely helping these women, helping them thrive and be more inspired is such a great deed and service that you're doing for them. But I want to ask you, what is your favorite part about being host of this podcast called the Female Veterans Podcast?
1: Talking with my veteran sisters, of course. There's nothing like Like it. That camaraderie that we had in the military is often lost after the military when we are adapting back into the civilian world. It's just a different culture. It's like if you immigrate from another country, you're in a whole nother world and you have to adapt and educate yourself on the ways of that country. That is so close to what it's like transitioning from being military back into civilian life. And so the opportunity to talk to my veteran sisters on a regular basis, and we just talk stories and share our experiences, that's just a gift. I love that. And when you go through
0: those conversations with them, do you always keep recalling your own journey? Does that happen? Or can you always identify
1: with their journey as well? Well, uh, I am incredibly embarrassed empathic so I can identify with pretty much anyone's story <laughs> but, um, but I do sometimes share mine but really it's all about them and so I want to hear their stories and I serve during peacetime so when I talk to my sisters that have deployed it's so exciting for me to hear what their experiences were like and sometimes shocking to hear the horrors. Wow did you yourself want to be deployed? No, Okay. (laughs) actually, you're living through them (laughs) in a way. That's not exactly true. I would have liked to have experienced going on a ship, but I was not given that opportunity during the time that I served.
0: Right. Well, you mentioned also that sometimes your sisters had experienced uh, sometimes difficulties during their service. I know of some have gone through military sexual trauma and even homelessness. So, How do you help them in this way? How do you take them from that very dire situation to becoming
1: inspired and taking back charge of their life? Well, for me, that's big. So uh, it wouldn't be um, honest for me to say that I actually play this huge part in their entire process of healing, okay? But what I can do is offer them a safe space to share what happened to them. And that can oftentimes trigger healing or can help them to work through the trauma by repeating the story and sharing the story with someone who's giving them a safe space. And that's also healing. The the more you tell your story, I've learned, the more you can heal from it. And that's just part of the journey for healing from whatever happened to you while you were serving or in life in general. But sharing those stories is an incredibly big part of it. And I'm, I'm just privileged to be able to give them a platform to do that. Well, that's amazing.
0: For sure, um, if they feel your empathy and trustworthiness, then they will break down their own barriers and be able to tell you and trust you with those stories. Uh, do you find it? easy or is it very hard to extract those stories from them or do you do you actually feel that during an interview can you sense that they've been through something and you try to draw that out or does it just they spit it out naturally because they're with Kia and they feel comfortable with you how does that work that they feel so comfortable to tell you this
1: well um I think that most of them that come to the show they want to share Right. And we've we've all been through something just by virtue of being women who serve in a in a predominantly male environment. Um, historically speaking, you know, so a boys' club. And we go in as women and we have to adapt into that environment. And so we all have a unique experience just by virtue of the fact of we're women, not to mention all of the other things that can transpire while you are serving. So I think each and every one of us has a story. And for them to share it with me, yes, I do my best to make them feel comfortable and safe that they can share. But I think a lot of it is that they want to share. There's a culture of silence surrounding military stories, male or female in general. We don't talk about it. And so providing a, a, a platform for us to be able to do that, to share our stories is just, um, I think, what they want, like what was needed, right? And, um, and they seem to, sometimes I do have to um, ask the difficult questions, you know, but only after I know that they do want to share. And I always am respectful and loving and, and nurturing and supportive through the entire process. And, and they open up to me because you know what? They know I understand. I That's get That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm sure um, they feel that it's very therapeutic, especially talking to someone like you, who's also there. They feel that they're. They're like talking to a sister, someone who's been through the same thing. And I'm sure just listening to your podcast as well, they also feel that uh, they can talk to you in a very safe space. So you have so many various pro- projects going on. So we learned about you that not just are you hosting this a great podcast, but you're also an instructor in London Real Academy. I just wanna ask you, <clears throat> of course you have to tell everyone you're also a mom of two boys so I think that in itself two boys wow that's um for some that's already a full-time job but you juggle all of these great projects Kia I want to ask you do you get enough sleep and how do you actually organize your time
1: so I have to prioritize sleep because I have a sleep disorder I have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, which I acquired both while serving after having um, acquired Epstein-Barr virus, which is the virus that causes mononucleosis. And I am a very rare person who, um, you typically get mono once in your life and once you've had it, you don't ever get it again. Some people know it as the kissing disease, Um, but I get it Often, (laughs) every few years. In fact, I had it in January and I hadn't had it in five years. So to give you a little background about that. So for me, sleep is incredibly important because I do not have any natural energy. So I don't get, I am unable to achieve that deep REM sleep. So the sleep that I get is typically superficial and which will make me tired all the time and also i have widespread pain that accompanies it so i could for all intents and purposes live my life in bed and ha- and need a support person to help care for me however i spent i was diagnosed with this at 24 years old and at 23 maybe 23 And um, was very devastated having the diagnosis because no one knew in the 1990s much about fibromyalgia at the time. So it was a lot of years of trial and error and different doctors and sleep studies and all of these things that I had to go through until I decided to do my own research because as a graduate student, that's all you ever do is research, right? So I decided to do my own research. I love research. I probably could be a researcher in another life and um, and sort of created my own um, care plan. And so now I'm happy to tell you that I sleep very well. <laughs> I sleep well, I still, um, I don't always get that really rich, good quality sleep that you want, but, um, but I do prioritize sleep. Wow. I'm so glad to hear that. Well,
0: fibromyalgia, definitely that can have um, difficult uh, effects on your life, also on your lifestyle and also on your energy level. But I'm so intrigued by what you said just now about that care system that you created. Wow. (laughs) Kia. (laughs) So I just want to know what was that how did it, it how did you research about it what did it entail and how do you how did you actually apply it
1: in your life so it it started you know in my 30s and after i had my first child i got really sick like pregnancy i had no idea how pregnancy would affect me um i didn't even think about it to be honest with you i got pregnant i was 29 at the time and um and I didn't even think about it. It was like the furthest thing from my mind. But what I discovered was that it really exhausted my body. It it, it really exacerbated my illnesses. And it sort of doubled the amount of, of symptoms that I had. So I dealt with that for probably five years, um, working with doctors and everything like that. And then I started to slowly research on my own So for about another five years, I just read anything that I could find um, between libraries and online. And and just, I joined a lot of groups because by then there was a lot more coming out about fibromyalgia and doctors were becoming more aware of it and people more and more people were being diagnosed with it. So then there were support groups that you could find on Facebook or things like that. So I would join these groups and I would read through the comments and what everyone was saying, what their doctors were doing. And then I would find actually social media was really beneficial too, because I would come across, um, profiles of people who, for example, I, um, there was one girl who said her, her, I think her profile name was the fit fibromyalgia girl, fit fibromyalgia girl, or something like that. And Ooh. I was like, what? Nice. <laughs> because, right. Yeah. Cause I was like, how does she have Positive. energy to exercise? Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? So I went to her and like read everything that she was doing and talking about. And, you know, and over time, the more I read, the more I began to consider, I, I had a hypothesis. To be honest with you, I thought, what if I treated this like a autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. and began to look at autoimmune diets? You know what, how to treat it you know, and things of that nature. And I was on a lot of medications and I will tell you that those medications had me overweight and feeling like I was going to die every single day of my life. I was physically miserable, which affects you mentally. So then I was becoming mentally miserable, full of anxiety, full of depression. And, um, and I was just finishing, I was doing, I, I have, um, I'm actually in a second master's program, (laughs) but I'm on hiatus from it because I'm not sure if I will finish it because I don't need it. And what I was going to do, I'm not doing, I'm doing, my life took a completely different direction. So I don't know if I will finish it. But at the time I was doing this master's program for a master of science in forensic accounting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was struggling because I was so unwell and miserable and feeling like I was just not gonna live. I thought, I felt like I was gonna die and I was exhausted all the time and nothing was working. And I just decided that's it, I'm doing it. I am, I'm number, step one was move. <laughs> step two was was to change my diet and start implementing these dietary changes. And step three was get myself some energy step four <laughs> was, you know, to get um, moving, get my body moving so that I could sleep better.
0: Wow. Well, you know, we need to take a page from your book. <laughs> you are a trooper, a researcher, a multitasker, and um, a healer. I mean, you, you healed yourself. And uh, that's absolutely amazing to be able to do that. Uh, that lady's fit. Fibromyalgia and your fab fibromyalgia, if I can say so myself, because Aww. that's pretty amazing what you went through. And um, not only are you helping yourself, uh, it's so inspiring to know Kia that you're also helping um, your sisters as well. But uh, I also wanted to dig in a little bit in your past because um, you've inspired us, the, what you've done in the past 10 years helping yourself, even if you're having all these projects and doing a second master's degree. I also know that when you were a child, Kia, you also went through difficult situations. Mm. Is that right? When you were living in Philadelphia, what exactly Mm -hmm. was that experience like for you?
1: Well, if you listen to any of my shows or watch Hot Topics Live, which is where I talk about it mostly, Um, I am a child abuse survivor. I did grow up in a very dysfunctional household. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, my saving grace was going to private school at Milton Hershey School and seeing that there was a different way of life and having an escape.
0: Wow. And um, how did you get past that trauma? Do you ever feel that that trauma still haunts you to this day? Or can you identify a moment in your life or a phase in your life where you just put it way behind you? Like the past is firmly in the past and it doesn't have any more effect on you.
1: I think it it always will come up. You always have memories. Mm -hmm. You work through certain triggers, I guess. But for the most part, it's managed. And I am, I don't know if we're ever healed, but I am on a healing journey. So I am healing.
0: Yes, uh, constantly. And uh, when you talk to your sisters who have gone through traumatic experiences themselves or abusive, went through abusive relationships themselves, Are you uh, feeling your healing during that journey or during that time you're talking to them and listening to their story? Or is it the opposite effect on you? It just brings everything back to you and then um, makes you even feel more emotional and reminds you of those horrific memories. How how do you process that?
1: It's never about me. It's always about them. It's always about them. Um, My stuff is pretty much well handled but I will tell you what it does help me to be empathetic it does help me to understand the mentality and the things that you do in order to survive because you create these survival mechanisms and sometimes we and it it doesn't have to be from child abuse it could it could be it's inner any inner child wounding any core wounds that you could have gotten from a, a a best friend moving away when you were six, right? Like these can come from anywhere during your formative years, during your theta state years. And so um, I think that just being able to identify with the the way that we try to protect ourselves when we experience trauma or the emotions that we go through, you know, people, If if I'd never gone through what I went through I don't think that I would have the right um, connection to the stories that I hear. Like, I wouldn't be as empathetic. I wouldn't be as understanding. And I don't think people would be able to connect to me the way that they do because they know that I understand or they sense that I've been through something that can, they, they can identify with and that can help me to actually really connect with them and to what they've been through as well.
0: Well, I can definitely see that in you. I mean, I feel I could tell you anything, Kia. I mean, yeah, especially you're very open-minded and people always feel that sincerity from you. Uh, When talking to your sisters and they tell you what they've been through as well, do you find that also can help you? Yes, I know you're always so focused on their story and that's really amazing. But when you see how they've handled successfully what they've been through, Do you get those ideas and start implementing them in your life as well?
1: Does that help you? I think so. I think what I, so before I end my show, I always ask for advice and the advice is always amazing, but there are some pieces of advice that I really need in that moment in my journey of, it may not have to do with any pain that I've experienced, but it could be, you know, something I'm working towards, or maybe I'm having a little moment where I'm feeling like um, scared of a new thing that I wanna do. And then a guest will come on and lay out this amazing piece of advice and I will go, I needed that advice. So I think we're always learning from our guests too. Yeah. That's amazing. It's um, it's
0: always a mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. So with sleeping, I just wanted to go back to it because definitely those who go through traumatic experience, sometimes they can have nightmares. Do you feel you are still haunted by those nightmares, even if your traumatic experiences happened years back since you were a child?
1: Or does it not have any more effect on your sleep? It doesn't. I, I used to. In my 20s, I was terrible nightmares, terrible nightmares. But I mean, it's been a long healing journey for me, you know, doing the work, going within, facing, you know, all of the darkness and working it out through therapy and artwork and (laughs) lots of different ways to process through trauma and just really being present with my pain and working to heal it. And um, I'm really solid now. So as far as nightmares and things of like like that, um, no, I don't. I don't relive anything of, and during my sleep time at all.
0: Wow. And um, obviously, yeah, uh, you've learned to somehow tame those nightmares, tame those emotions, and take full control also of how you handle it well. And that's amazing. So. With your podcast, also in talking to your sisters, um, what are your best moments? What are the best highlights you feel that you, you can tell yourself everything is worth it? All of the work I put in this podcast, it makes it so worthwhile. Can you tell me what are those highlights?
1: So I can tell you three things off the top, but <laughs> I'm sure there's so many more. Um, so after every single interview, I feel like, oh my God, this, this was amazing. Um, so worth it. So worth it. Just the experience itself. And then um, I think the first, I think the first few weeks of the show, maybe it had been a month. Um, I was on Facebook and I was looking for guests, right? And, um, and I happened to post that there was a new episode of the female veterans podcast out. And I was on um, a a female veteran um, community. And one of the, the women on the community commented on my post. And she said, I listened to this. And she said, I really appreciate what you're doing. It helps me feel less alone. And it was a, it was an MST story. And I just, I mean, for for four weeks out, <laughs> a brand new show, I just was like, that's it. Because when I, when I set out to do this, I said, I don't know who's going to listen to me do this. I don't know if anyone will listen to me do this, but I'm going to do it because I feel like it needs to be done. And I couldn't really find any shows like the one I wanted to do. There was one similar. Um, I love her to death, and the host is Amanda Huffman, and it's called uh, Women of the Military. She interviews uh, active duty and veteran females, whereas I interview only veteran females, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part. And um, well, I just was in this space of being one of really two podcasts that were doing this, and I was like, I don't even know who is gonna care, but I care. And so I'm doing it. And if I can help just one person, if one person is impacted, then then I achieve my mission. I hit my target and, and I'll keep going. And it was only a month later that I saw that and I just was blown away. And I thought this is it. I'm I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm gonna keep going. And then about a year later, I was asked to be a guest on a show. It was uh, last April or May, the April before, right after the pandemic happened. Um, there was an active duty veteran. Her name is Vanessa Guillen, and she went missing uh, on from Fort Hood in Texas. And there was a a small outcry that grew and grew and grew. And it turned out, unfortunately, that she was killed on the base by another active duty member, a brother in arms, which was, is a whole nother topic we could talk about for hours, right? And um, her family had been protesting at that base and it picked up momentum and all of us got involved and, and, you know, eventually it came out that she was killed and they found the body and, you know, the whole story came out in in the press. Um, So after that, I was invited onto a podcast by a male veteran who wanted to talk to two female veterans about this story. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Um, the other female veteran was, is a dear friend of mine. Her name is, uh, Lynn and she is the CEO of hope for veterans of which I'm on the board. (laughs) So we do know each other. We go way back, but before I was on the board, she was actually one of my first, my fourth guest on the female veterans podcast. Mm -hmm. And so she really believed in what I was doing and came on to be a guest. So we kind of had a rapport and at the end of this interview, um, she said during the interview, she said, Kia, I just want to tell you what an amazing thing you're doing. I am getting feedback from female veterans who have gone on your show that you have helped them heal. And they are, and I can tell you that they are doing better in their lives now because of having spent that time with you on your show. And I have, I have goosebumps now just talking about it, but I I just, I never even imagined in my wildest dreams that I would ever even possibly hear anything like that, that someone's life was actually better from interacting with me in that way. And it's so moving that I just, I cannot stop what I'm doing. It propels me to keep going and keep going and keep going and doing more for the female veteran community.
0: Yes, well, please don't ever stop your, your heart, doctor, for all those female veterans. They, they need you. They need your support. And I can see how inspiring. You've got such a big impact, just not on a personal level, but also in a very big way. And um, they're going to keep needing to listen to your podcast, Tia. They always, they're always going to need you. So with all your rich experience in talking to uh, all these female veterans, can, can I please ask what would be your best advice when someone suddenly becomes a veteran and they need to transition back? You said it's like a culture shock. What would be your best advice for them?
1: So what typically happens often, in, depending on your circumstances of leaving the military, you um, oftentimes don't go into groups of veterans right away. So you sort of go it on your own, or you go really far away from being in the military and doing anything that is related to government or military in any sort of way. So my advice would be, don't do that. (laughs) My advice would be to connect with female veteran groups, even if it's just on social media, you know, go to not-for-profits connect with the organizations and find some way to serve to continue to serve because what happens is we are serving that's why we call it so we we are trained to serve mankind really i guess we are serving our country we are serving we have we are dedicated to service and so that's a huge part of what's missing when we leave so i'm continuing to serve by giving my podcast and doing these workshops and creating these programs for female veterans to be on and to watch or to listen to and um, doing my part there. There are so many ways to be of service to other veterans, especially if you're suffering with mental illness Mm -hmm. and you are trying to heal from trauma. It is so cathartic to help your brothers and sisters who are also veterans that are in need of support or who are, you know, or sick or homeless or whatever it is. There's so many ways you can help in the veteran community or just be a part of the veteran community. That's my advice. My advice would be not to alienate, you know, that military side of yourself even if you hated being in the military, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. <laughs> so so uh, while I was in, I actually am more grateful for it after leaving than I was experiencing it um, because of just my personality type, Right, but I'm um, much more of a free spirit. I'm not a conformist and you need to be able to conform. And it caused me a lot of difficulty um, being unable to conform. <laughs> the way I I was. And so it was difficult for me serving, which is why I understand that other people had difficult times serving and may want to share their story. Right. And so um, it comes back to that, even though if you had a bad experience in some part of you is still programmed to serve and it feels better to do it. And and it may even just be because that's who you are before you even went in you were someone who wanted to help people. Right. And so helping your veteran brothers and sisters on the outside can be a very fulfilling way to help you on your journey. Makes so much sense. What a
0: great piece of advice. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, Wow, we enjoyed so much, learned a lot from you. And as always, uh, when I wrap up this show, I always love to just summarize everything that we've learned from you, Kia. Um, So many gems that we picked up from you. And uh, well, of course, as a sleep consultant, I always wanna share these gems and uh, to help us to sleep better, to live better. And to have our energy levels always in the peak performance mode. So, yeah, we learned from Kia, number one, um, just to continue to be of service. And in a broader sense, to just be there to help others. There's always more happiness in giving than in receiving, especially if you are a female veteran, just to continue on that pathway of service. That actually helps you sleep well at night because that makes you feel you're absolutely guilt-free. There's no, nothing that's bugging you at night saying, there's something that I should have done, but I'm not doing it. And that feeling of emptiness can keep you up. But if you're fulfilled because you continue with your service, then check. <laughs> that helps you sleep better, definitely. Secondly, create a safe and secure environment for yourself, just as Kia does for her guests create a great safe environment for you so that you're not worried, you're not triggered, you're not anxious, and you're not frustrated. If you feel you have a safe environment, you're relaxed. And uh, finally, you know, we learned from you Kia that do your research as well. Sometimes there's something bugging you, whether it be emotional pain or physical pain, such as in the case of Kia. Look for help, help yourself search ask for help. And when you research, even when Kia use social media, you will find out many things that can help you sleep better at night. So that wraps it up. Thank you so, so much. I am so touched by your story and how you continue to help others. You're a shining light definitely in the female veteran community. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you do. Thank you so much, Kia.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Pleasure for me to thank you.